Hey, my name's Julia, and welcome to the Freelance Dietitian Podcast. I left my full-time clinical dietitian job to pursue freelance work, and now I'm showing you how to do the same. If you want to learn how to make money freelancing, you're in the right place. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Freelance Dietitian Podcast. I'm your host, Julia Zakshevsky, and today I'm doing a solo episode all about how to take a vacation as a freelancer. And the first half of the episode is going to be going over some pretty generic case or sorry, generic situations that you might encounter and, you know, what can you do to keep your business operating as smoothly as possible. And then in the second half of the episode, I thought it'd be cool to use my own freelance business as a case study because I actually just went on vacation last week and I have a lot of cool little facts and stories to share with you from my personal experiences. So let's dive into the first half now. So let's go over some of the really, you know, typical scenarios. The first one would be that you're a freelancer and you want to take a vacation and you're going to be completely unavailable, unplugged, not doing any work. This is a pretty cut and dry situation, so pretty easy to manage. What you're going to do is give your client as much notice as you can that you're going to be on holiday or offline between this date to that date. And, and really that's it. And then I like to give clients at least four weeks notice if I have that much notice to give them. It's just a nice courtesy because remember your clients have businesses as well and they have their own agenda and their own summer plans. So as much info that you can give them up in like advance, like they really do appreciate it. It's not obligatory. Like I said, it's just a really nice courtesy gesture. So that would be scenario one. And then you go have your vacation and then you would discuss with your client before you leave you know, any deadlines that were due or any deliverables that were due during your holiday, you know, what's the plan of attack? Should you guys be trying to get them done before you leave or can it wait until after you leave? You know, have that conversation with them and be very honest with your capabilities. Like if you're swimming in it and you're not going to be able to get all your work done before you leave, just be honest with your client and say, come to some kind of compromise and be like, hey, I can get 60% of this done, but the rest I'll have to do when I get back. Having those business conversations is so important. It will build your confidence in your own business. It helps you set boundaries so you're not drowning in it and totally regretting saying yes. And it's just really good to have those communication channels open with clients because there will be moments where you just have to be a human with each other. And I hope that makes sense. Like not everything is gonna be perfectly planned out and there's gonna be instances where you're gonna have to shuffle around the deadlines. I personally don't know many freelancers who would take that option and who would unplug for an entire week because as a freelancer and any self-employed person, you don't have paid vacation anymore. So, I mean, a couple of times during the year, sure, of course, everybody needs to recharge their batteries. I'm not saying you should never take a vacation. I'm just being honest that I don't see a lot of freelancers going 100% off grid unless you're swimming in it and then you're totally set, which would be amazing. The second scenario, which is a little bit more common, is going to be people will reduce their workload anywhere from 40% to 60%. So they're still doing a little bit of work on the road, but most of it is waiting for them until they get back. If you are in a place in your business where you have really excellent momentum, you might not want to take a break and you might want to just keep things moving status quo even though you want to be on vacation. And how you would do that is you would outsource the work to another freelancer who is doing similar, you know, responsibilities that what you do in your business. So in that scenario, you 
take on your assignments, you keep functioning business as usual, you would give the work to the outsourced freelancer, they do the work, they send it back to you, you add any edits or final touches or add your own voice to the piece, and then you would submit the final piece to the client as if it were your own work. And that's what outsourcing is. And there's several reasons why somebody would outsource. I mean, going on vacation is one of them, but there's also more like serious things that happen in life where you're just not going to be able to do work, right? Like you could get sick for a couple weeks. You could have a family emergency or go through a period of bereavement. Like there's so many reasons why you may need to outsource your work. So it's very, very common. There's also going to be some instances where you may decide that, you know, it's a time to build out your business. Like if you're absolutely drowning in work and you can't keep up with the clients, like this is a dream scenario. Everyone's coming, knocking at your door, wanting your services. That would be another time where freelancers will often outsource it to other people so that they can keep building that rapport with clients, but not necessarily doing 100% of the work themselves. And eventually they might end up hiring somebody to support their business. So I'm going kind of on a tangent there. That's for another episode, but I'm just trying to normalize outsourcing. That is a hot topic though. So with that being said, that's kind of the skeleton model that you might follow almost like you were going on a tree of decision-making on how to take care of your business. There'll also probably be some elements within your business you may want to set uh, with automated tools, probably like an email, like a pretty typical out of office email and just letting people know that you'll follow up with them once they get back. If you are a larger freelance business and you have a virtual assistant, you might add a little bit more admin responsibilities onto their plate while you're away. So several different options, but that's basically it. Like taking the time off as a freelancer, logistic wise, it should be a lot easier than, in my opinion, than when you're leaving private practice because you don't have to follow up with everybody. You don't feel guilty if you, you know, wanted to see a patient, but you're going to be away, you know, like it is a little bit easier to untangle yourself and just take time away. One thing I want to just go back to a second and talk about was the outsourcing element, because it is a hot topic within freelancing about the ethics of it. And, you know, if the person who you hire to cover your workload, they should know that they are essentially ghostwriting the piece and that they're not going to be getting credit for it. That should be just very clear in the contract. And I think like a real point of sketchiness can kind of develop when you submit it to the client. And if the client has specifically sought you out and hired you for your services and paying you top dollar, and then they find out you've been given the work to somebody else, you know, that's not going to create good blood. That's going to create probably a point of contention and it might damage the relationship if they find out. Some clients are very strict on that and they only want to work with the person they hired, which is understandable. And they might include something in your contract that says, you know, no, no outsourcing work has to be completed by the freelancer that was hired um, because that's what they're paying you top dollar for. They want your expertise and your voice. So, you know, it is kind of a gray area. I personally, I have never outsourced anything. It's not because I am firmly against it. It's just because I haven't had a need. I certainly realize when there's going to be a point in my business, which it's going to happen to everybody, there may, like when I'm not able to keep up with the project because of like a personal circumstance or something, I probably will have to outsource some of my work because if I don't, then it means that no work is going to get done and I'm going to get zero income for the month. So I don't know. I honestly don't know what it will look like when I do outsource. 
I just, I just know that at one point it will happen for some reason or another, and I'm just going to have to deal with it as I get there. Another big point of debate, I would say, yeah, a big point of debate with outsourcing is how much you would pay that person. And you'll see very differing, different rates across the board, but my freelance coach, who is awesome, and I, I will practice this too whenever I do outsource, would say that that person who does the work deserves the bulk of whatever pay you get for the article. Like they did 75% of the job, right? Because you're still going to take time in to edit it and add your own voice, but they should get majority of the pay. So I completely agree with that, but not everybody is that generous. So you just keep that in mind when you are freelancing. It It is the Wild West. I think outsourcing is still a huge part of the freelancing world that's like up in the air. So I just wanted to share a little bit on that. I, uh, I'm thinking as I'm talking right now, sorry. So I know I'm a little bit slow to actually get the words out, but I think that's it. If you have questions about that, you can send me a message. For the second half of the show, I wanted to do a uh, kind of a case study using my own freelance business. So let's just recap quickly. I have my writing business. I have about three clients that I'm writing for consistently. I have a fourth one that's just kind of, you know, as is, and it's just myself. I don't outsource. I keep up with the writing. I do everything. I did hire my brother and he is my editor and my brother has a degree in teaching and English and he's also an author. He is a way better writer than I am. That is the secret. I highly recommend hiring an editor who is a way better writer than you because you will learn so much. (laughs) So that's been extremely helpful. And when I get assignments, I finish them, I send them to him and I give him very specific things to look for. So sometimes it's grammar, sometimes it's just logical. Sometimes it's, you know, is this too scientific because he doesn't have a science background. So it actually works perfectly. When I say like, do you understand what I'm trying to explain here about glucose metabolism? And if he says, yep, then it's a knockout. And if he's looking at me with question marks for eyes, then I know I missed the mark. So that's that's my team, okay? And I don't hire, I don't use my editor for all of the assignments because sometimes it's just not necessary. But for some of the bigger ones, it's so helpful to have another pair of eyes before you submit the piece to your client, especially your high paying clients. You just feel like a little bit more confident, like, okay, this is gonna be good. So when I went on vacation last week, I knew that I had about eight hours of writing to do. And I keep telling you guys, you got to time yourself how long it takes writing. So I knew I have a pretty good feel at this point in my business. And I knew I had about eight hours of writing I need to get done. I'm also in a course right now that is kind of like a got to do it now or never situation. So I knew that I had about six hours that I wanted to dedicate to the course and then about two hours just for admin stuff. So for myself, I had decided that my vacation was actually gonna be more of a working trip. And then for Nick, who was obviously there with me, for him it was just 100% vacation, which was great. And I thought, okay, I'm gonna have about, what's that, 16 hours of total work to do for the whole week. Like that's totally manageable. I'm gonna do it first thing in the morning. I blocked out time uh, that I would do my work before everybody woke up and then I would get to enjoy the rest of the day. And that was a really beautiful concept that I did not stick to. (laughs) And I don't know why, the strangest thing happened. So when I got there on vacation mode, which we haven't taken a vacation during COVID at all. So this was really like, it's been a long time, but I could feel myself reverting back to my full-time employee ways. And you know, I was very lucky in my full-time job where if I took time off, like nobody texted me, nobody emailed me, I just got to enjoy my break. 
So then now I kind of slipped back into those old habits and I felt a little bit resentful that I had to be working while I was on vacation. It was really hard. So I ended up procrastinating. I'm like, oh, forget it. I'm just going to take like two full days off and I will make up the work later. Like it'll be fine. And then what ended up happening, which was a very happy scenario, is that I ended up getting someone on my Upwork bought an article from me through my project dashboard. And again, very happy surprise. This client seems pretty cool so far, and I do hope we continue to work together. And what happens on the project dashboard is there's a set deadline. And normally when I go on holiday, I double the deadline. So I have it set right now that you'll get a thousand word article in five days time. Uh, And usually if I go on vacation, I make it in 10 days time so I can get to it when I get back. But I forgot to change it this time. So I got this new client, new article. I was feeling happy. I did it. But all of a sudden, you know, it was like about, I think it took me two and a half hours, which isn't a long time. But when you factor in all those other things that you're doing, like sleeping, eating, going to the beach, like vacationing, two and a half hours feels like a long time on top of already having work to do. And then I did find mentally, it was actually very difficult for me to fully unplug from work mode and enjoy and be mindful on the vacation. Even though I would log into the writing projects and get them done afterwards, I still felt my brain, like I still felt those gears turning being like, oh, should I check my email? Oh, I forgot to message that person back on LinkedIn. Like it was really hard for me to be present and mindful in the moment. And I was getting like pretty bummed about that. Like it really surprised me how difficult it was to juggle the relaxation mode and the work mode. And I think a big reason why it surprised me so hard was because I was actually doing a very similar setup to what I do at home. So I didn't really change my routine. Like at home, I do try to do writing in the morning, get stuff done so that in the afternoon, I'm free to do whatever I want. So yeah, kind of a curveball. And then there was a couple calls that I had to hop into last minute. So I would say in the future, like the lessons learned is that don't underestimate how hard it's gonna be to work out of your house. Don't underestimate the power of just saying no and just saying, hey, I'm on vacation. Can I get this to you later? Don't underestimate potentially having somebody in your back pocket that you can outsource work to. Uh, This trip, I don't think I needed to outsource the work, but the thought certainly crossed my mind like, oh, this would be a lot easier if I had somebody else that I could just like have help me with this, at least get it started. So, So that was it. So I hope that you learned something new. I hope that you are inspired to make it work for yourself. I think when I first started freelancing full-time, like my ultimate dream was this like such a romantic notion to just work anywhere in the world. And it made me realize like how difficult it was. I really am a creature of habit more so than I thought. And being, you know, away from my desk or I work a lot at the library because the one in the city I live is like really nice. And being away from there, like it really did throw me for a loop and I found it very difficult to get into work mode and just get stuff done. So, so yeah, so lessons learned. That's it for me. I hope that you learned something new. I know this is kind of a really specific geeky topic, so I'm not sure if it will appeal to everybody tuning in, but that's okay. Next week, I'm going to be publishing an episode with a fellow freelance nutrition writer. Her name is Caitlin Beal. She has over a decade of experience freelance writing, and we're going to have a bit of a higher level discussion about the freelancing industry, you know, her experiences, where does she think the future of the industry is going? Just a nice conversation. And she is a registered dietitian, by the way. I forgot to say that. That's it. 
Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll be back next week and I hope you have a great week. Bye.